You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Everybody, welcome back to the O2 Podcast. Paul, are you there? Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, buddy. Oh, What's wait. going on? That's that's Paul for you, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. <laughs> oh, not much. Just, uh, man, it's busy. Busy, busy, busy. Getting, you're getting your face kicked in right now. I mean, I am too. Like, If you, if you work in the outdoor industry or the green industry or golf or whatever it may be, like you're getting, you're getting geared up. I mean, it was 77 on Saturday. Beautiful. That was really nice. Yeah. We we talked about this last week, but the tip of the weather penis, I won't edit that out, but whatever we're getting it today. I mean, it's like, I walked outside this morning. It was like 60 degrees. I walked outside 20 minutes ago. It was 40 and with a 400 mile an hour wind. Like my trash can's laying outside. I can see it right now, laying outside. Yes, it's uh, definitely exactly what you talked about last week. Uh, why no. the month of March can be frustrating, but you have to enjoy those nice days while you had them. So Saturday was really nice. Sunday was pretty good. Um, I'd love to tell you that I spent eight hours out hiking in the woods, but unfortunately, I did not either day because I have this problem of when the weather's nice and there's stuff to do in the yard, I feel like I'm obligated to go take care of the yard work. So I worked in the yard all weekend. And uh, yeah, how about you? Anything? True, true family, true family, man. Well, my wife's on a cruise this week. She's on her way home. Her flight's delayed. Flight's been canceled. So I was flying solo with the Purple Coat Mafia, which is the my two little girls that <laughs> both wear purple coats and they are, man, they, I, I love them to death. But if you're a father to a daughter, like you are, they're intense, man. Especially the age I've got, they're super needy, six and three. They were missing mom. I took them out to, we went out to Dillon wildlife area and we were looking for sheds and just listening for turkeys. And I gave them some out hooters and they were hooting at everything. And like, we, we, we walked maybe like a, a mile into the woods, if it, not, not even a mile, like 400 yards. And, I, and I, I'm dumb, so I don't know if that's a mile, but let's just say 400 yards. And uh, they, were, they were both, I'm tired. 
I want to go home. My littlest one got hung up in like a pricker bush. Oh, <laughs> like and she freaks out and she gets out. And she's like, dad, I don't like the forest. <laughs> <laughs> That's all she said. She wanted me to carry her from that moment. on. I'm not, I'm not carrying that. Of course I ended up carrying her. She just sat down in the middle of this cornfield. We're trying to, I mean, we're, we're like, I said, we're a couple hundred yards from the truck. She's like, Nope, I'll, I'll just sit here until I die. You can leave me. I'm not, I'm not, I, and I even threatened her. I'm, I'm going to leave you and a bear is going to eat you. She's like, whatever. doesn't matter. Let it eat me. So, but yeah, it was fun. It was fun, man. We, 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 we had, we had a good time. They're, they're a hoot. So good. Good, good, but good. So, well, you got any news from around the the state? I'm going to be honest with you. No, I, I, I do. There's there's a really um, the the DNR the, the Ohio Department of Wildlife, Ohio Department of Natural Resources. This is very very important. Um, there's a comment period for the for upcoming regulations that are going to take place, and the public can comment and and I hope constructively can voice opinions about the rule changes for 2022, you know, the deer season coming up 2023, so on and so forth. And they make it really easy. So you can, you can get on their website, visit the Ohio department of natural resources, divisional wildlife website. And there's a, a link for, for the comment period. So you click on that. And then once they make it really easy, they break it down. These are the changes that we've, they're proposing to make from the last time they did this last year, you click on that link, it'll pull up a PDF and on there, on that PDF, it will have, it will mark out and it will clearly define the changes that are being made to the proposed changes that are being made to the, to the rules and regulations. So it couldn't be any easier to see what is happening in, in, in the world that we like to participate in. So be active. If you don't like something, Tell them this is your chance. If you if you want to see something different, tell the DNR this is your chance. Be active. Give a shit. Okay. Give a shit. This is it. This is your chance. If you don't like something, you want to voice it, do it. Get on the website. You have until I believe March 16th. And they they announced this a while ago. I mean, it's been it's been open for a couple of weeks, um, but it's getting close. I mean, we just got, you know, nine days, something like that. So get on there. But it's pretty neat. The other thing I'm on, I'm on this. This is a cool website, theoutdoornews.com forward slash Ohio. It's a cool website. I like it. Um, I used I get their magazine or the newspaper, which is pretty neat. But they have an article on here um, about trumpeter swans, and apparently, like something I I don't know, like something the migration pattern change. So I I can't find it now. I'm looking like an idiot. But uh, here we go. Tundra tundra show up. Tundra swans, trumpeter swans show up on Lake Erie shores. Is this article? I was driving down south to to Vinton County with a buddy of mine, Justin, and we saw probably thirty tundra swans on this like those little rock quarry lakes off of 33. And a couple of them were taken off. I mean, these things are massive. Like they're like little pterodactyls. I mean, they're huge. They get like an eight foot wingspan. So pretty Damn. neat to see those birds. You don't see them here all the time. So check that out. Ohio outdoornews.com forward slash Ohio. They got some cool, some cool stuff on there, but turkey season's coming, coming up. I did we got, see uh, the fishing regulations for 2022 and 2023 are out. So, um, yeah, looks like those just came out here. Not, not too long ago. Free fishing days are June 18th and 19th. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's coming up. That'd be pretty cool. Take uh, take someone fishing. So yeah. it's always fun to get new, new people out in the outdoors. 
Oh, whenever, whenever I, whenever I do that, whenever I take someone out for like the very first time, I mean, whether it be fishing, hiking, hunting, whatever, whatever it is, I get so nervous because I want them to have a good time. I want there to be a lot of interaction, you know, with wildlife or cat, you know, seeing deer, turkey, or pheasants, or catching fish. And I don't know, man. I always, I always like get myself into, you know, like into a frenzy. Like, okay, you having fun? You have fun? And they're usually like, yeah, I'm having a blast. Shut up. Quit asking me if I'm having fun. <laughs> having fun because you know we're like catfish and we haven't seen a single catfish. So I don't know. That's a good good event that the Ohio that Ohio does. So let's see. I don't know. I don't think there's anything. It's kind of a kind of a weird time for for the outdoor world. I mean. We're finally starting to get some nice days so you can go out, but turkey season's kind of, kind of, kind of far away still, but not like that far away. But we're getting there. Obviously, some of the other states yeah. have opened up and it won't be long. So next weekend's the outdoor show in Columbus. Yeah. The open season outdoor show will be there. Yeah. Um, it should be, should be fun. I, I can't wait to see the, and I think it's going to be there. I, I've seen this once, but the, the ODNR has like this traveling like Smokey the Bear. Is it where they can tell your name, Paul? And Smokey <laughs> no. calls your name? Uh yeah, that'd be fine. We like you run up and 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 your parents put your name Paul, in the hat. Only you can prevent forest fires. Oh God. And you're a little kid like your head explodes. You're like, name. oh my name. Smokey does my name. Oh God, run away. Um no they do this they do this they have this like traveling like display. Have you ever seen this where it's deer that were illegally you know legally harvested in the state of Ohio. Have you seen that? display i think i've seen pictures of it yeah and there are some monsters and there was one year they had deer deer mounts that were um taken inside of the 270 outer belt here in columbus that is i mean and they are some monster deer so that's pretty that'd be pretty cool i like i like seeing that i'm ready i mean i i I don't like it i think it's just i think it's an interesting it's an interesting display so no doubt but you know, that'll be a lot of fun. So for this week's episode, I'm going to let you do most of the talking uh, because this is your right up your alley. But we've got Mr. Scott Ellis, and uh, he knows a thing or two about calling calling turkeys. Oh yeah, he man he he has won like every every calling competition that that you can imagine, and he's been doing it for years. He's on. Um, you know, he's big with with Woodhaven calls. He's one of their not one of their. He is their main their main pro staff guy. Um, he does a lot with Apex Ammunition. The guy is a killer, and he is really really good at what he does, and just a masterful turkey caller. So the guy's got some clout for sure. When it comes to turkey calling, I mean, there's 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 hard to beat people that are there's not very many people that are that are better than him. So really excited to have him on. Um, he did, he did quite a bit of calling for us on this episode. The one thing that, that I will say, and you're just going to have to deal with it. We didn't know that it was going to happen when he gets really loud. The the zoom, the way that we record the calls tones him down. And so you can like barely hear some of the really, really loud calling, uh, which is unfortunate because it was, it was really good, but I mean, we just, there was nothing we could do about it. So, um, I will say that we talk about this app a couple of times during, during this episode. And it's an app that Scott started. It's called Turkey tech. You can find it on you know Apple or, or, or Android. And what is it? It's like five bucks, something like that, Andrew. Yeah, it was five, five bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Five, $5. Um, it, but it's really neat. So it's got instructions for mouth calling. It's got instructions for friction calling. 
and it's got instructional videos, which is really, really important. And it really goes through like how to do these certain calls because the Turkey language, I mean, it is deep. I mean, you can get, you can get really down and deep in the weeds uh, with calling turkeys. So Scott jumps into it on, on the app. He didn't, you know, he, he's a humble dude. He's not going to brag about himself. Um, super, I'm working super down to earth. Oh, just want, salt of the earth, man. Um, his, his first calling contest championship. And this is on, this is on his app on the website uh, was 1992. And he's had, I mean, he's had 50 <laughs> different calling championships at, at, at various levels and various events. So guy's really good uh really really enjoyed our talk with him and he's already um, put a, they already put a turkey down right that- yes yeah, his, his son got one and he was uh, on his way to go get some more yeah he he put he put one on instagram the other day he got he got an osceola down in down in florida um i think sunday so yeah it uh yeah this is a really good this is a really good episode um if you're if you're a good turkey caller Someone like this can make you an excellent turkey caller. If you're uh, a terrible turkey caller like Andrew Munz, this will definitely, <laughs> definitely get you, get you some knowledge and, and get you underway to to being a proficient turkey caller. So, um, I enjoyed I enjoyed the hell out of this conversation. I was so. using the app the other day, riding down the road with the family in the car. She looked at me and was like, "Are we really Are we really doing this right now?" Like <laughs> as I attempted to. Uh, Use that mouth call, but I don't. I don't know what it is about the the the, the yelp of a hen turkey that will piss off like ninety eight percent of females on the face of the planet. The other two are the ones that hunt. <laughs> but I mean, it's immediate. Like it's it's a visceral reaction from every female non hunting female on the planet, and it's I mean it's immediate. Correct. And, uh, I I can pull my wife out of the back room in our house like real fast. So I'll start I'll start like yelping, and she'll make it be like. Not right now. <laughs> like when? When is it? Good? I don't care. You're not doing it now. So I'm gonna hit her with it. She's getting home from her cruise tonight. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit her with uh with a yelp as soon as she walks in the door. So <laughs> nice. So I guess right. it, man. Yep. It's a it's a good good episode. You guys are really gonna enjoy it. Um, check out Scott. He's got uh, Hunt Quest. Is his YouTube channel. You can find him on Instagram. I don't think we asked him where to find him. I think just Scott Ellis, Woodhaven. Um, yeah, good dude. Good dude. Super and powerful. we are not going to forget our friends over at Go Wild. Uh, so if you haven't checked out Go Wild, I think I've seen a lot of people that are starting to add us on there, uh, picking up oh, yeah. subscribers and stuff, recent ones. It tells you when you started. Um, go check it out. Super cool. Uh, I'm on the shed stuff right now, just trying to keep up in that. I'm going to have to move over to the turkey trail, but uncensored pictures. Uh, they've got the shopping app on there. Good stuff. I was asking Paul the other day about which turkey site to look at, but the, um, yeah, that Go Wild is the place to be for hunters and anglers that are trying to connect and post pictures and stories and everything else about what's going on out there. So if you haven't tried it, suggest that you do as soon as possible. So, you know, I saw, I sent, I sent the screenshot to you the other day, but, but uh, the gal from Barstool sports, Sydney Wells, um, she's a really good hunter. And not a band, but it got 
him on on Twitter. So I it's 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 going to happen. It's not it's not if but when the, all of these major social media accounts are going to censor one it's a matter of time. So you all are going to be on go out anyway. <laughs> Just either do it now while you're while it's uh you know while you're still figuring it out. So yeah, it's going to happen. I love it, man. Love it. So cool. Check it out. Time to go wild.com. Let's uh that's all we got then. It's time to call the birds. Let me gobble months. <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll leave it to Scott. So take care everybody. Have a good week. Thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate you. Welcome, everybody. We've got a really, really good guest today. Uh, joining us today is uh, Mr. Scott Ellis from SmackDown in the middle of Florida, it sounds like, Scott. So it's, uh, I don't know, 20 degrees right now in Ohio. It's miserable. Haven't seen the sun in months. So It was warm oh, yesterday, gosh. Paul. It was warm yesterday. It yeah, was like it, was, it was 50 yesterday. And, and, and you, Scott, get to hunt turkeys in two days. So good for you, man. You hey, wait, 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 wait. Back up. Jake yeah. killed his last youth hunt turkey Sunday morning. We've already killed. We're on the board, baby. I, I saw that. I saw yeah. that online, man. Good good for him. That had to have been yeah. a special hunt. I my my son is is 19 now. And that last youth hunt, man, like we got we got skunked on that last youth hunt. And I remember just sitting in the woods and it's like Sunday morning in Ohio. And you know, we're just counting down the minutes. And it, it was it was bittersweet because I mean your son like is yes. going into adulthood. You're like, damn. This is the last time we get to do this as, you know, father, son, as a hunt, youth. You know? Yeah. And it's, so we it's, have it's, another youth hunt coming in two weeks, but Jake, as much as he loves to chase deer and chase turkeys and hunt, he has taken an affliction to uh, tournament bass fishing, Okay, which is great. It's wonderful. I'm proud of him. He's, he's just taken bass fishing to the next level. He didn't take the turkey stuff to the next level. Although he won the Polts grand national division when he was 10, you know, five years ago, but uh, he, he still loves to hunt, but he's trying to do something in the industry on the bass side, whether, you know, it's building baits or fishing for college. He uh, had some great things happen to him at the convention this year. He met the coach of a, a very profound, very uh, well-known uh, university. I'm not going to name names and put put that out there, but he, he's got a connection with a coach for the most renowned bass college team out there. And um the coach is watching him and um, Jake's doing well in the tournament field. So anyways, yes, bittersweet 100% because Sunday morning we got the bird killed and uh, we didn't even know we were going to get to hunt. We thought that we hunted Saturday only and we ended up getting to hunt a few hours Sunday and that's when we made the magic happen. Sunday morning, down to the wire, down the wire. And uh, I mean, I'm almost tearing up. I've got it on video. You know, it'll be on Hunt Quest, my show on YouTube next year. I'm not going to dump it just yet. I just want to hang on to it for one more year. And, um, Normally we'd be hunting again in two weeks for that other youth hunt and we're not going to get to do it because he's going to be in a bass tournament. So that said, I'm getting long winded, but like you said, the, the key word was bittersweet and that's where I'm at because now, you know, we're not, it's not that we're not going to hunt anymore, but he's had one hell of a youth season career. He is, he has limited out the last seven years in a row on the South Zone youth hunt and then the Central Zone youth hunt. He's done in Florida. He's tagged out. So we're going on to Georgia. We went to Oregon one year. We, we finished a father-son grand slam that's on Hunt Quest. It's a great, a great episode. He killed a Rio and a Miriam in Oregon and finished his grand slam. And I killed one Miriam that finished my grand slam. And 
So we just we've been on a lot of adventures together, and it's all for the love of uh, chasing wild turkey. But I'll shut up. And quit. I'm getting long winded, and I'll get nostalgic and everything on you guys. So sorry. <laughs> no, that's that's I love to I love to hear that stuff, and and uh, I I saw that that father son grand slam on hunt quest. That was that was really neat, man. That that I'm sure that was a special special day. So um, I want to talk about kind of like the intricacies of of turkey calling, and I, I don't think there's anyone better to to do it. Um, than you so there's there's one there's one thing that like a lot of people struggle with and it's like right in the beginning of the hunt man it's it's how much to call like early in the morning and whether a bird you got a bird roosted um and, and we can talk about that but so early in the morning you're walking in you've got kind of an area picked out like you walk in and i ask every person that we've interviewed about turkey hunting what's your what's your go-to play first thing in the morning um the biggest thing is just getting located obviously and I mean, we can go complete basic here and I can do some magic on my new, newly designed Ninja Owl by Woodhaven, but you're going to give an owl call or even, I like to blow a crow call really early in the morning too, because it, it gets one to gobble a lot of times when nothing else will. But you, the biggest thing is getting him located and then trying to use the terrain and slide in and the darkness if it's not breaking daylight too hard to get tight as you possibly can to the turkey. And that, that limits the other hunters coming on you that limits the possibility of maybe hens flying down between you and the gobbler so you're trying to get to him as close as you can off the roost and you use locators to do it because you don't want a tree call to him when you're not set up on it because what is it when he flies down sometimes they fly down early right sometimes you draw he's gobbling his brains out and you know other hunters are being drawn into you so i mean you give an eight note bar barred owl hoot or you even do a laugh sequence whatever it takes to keep him gobbling so you can move him tight off the roost and um i mean i'll, I'll demonstrate it real quick just for the people oh, yeah, that are just yeah. totally new to turkey hunting, I mean, you're going to give an eight-note hoot. <laughs> just a basic eight-note hoot. If that doesn't work, you do a little laugh sequence. <laughs> you get a little laugh and then listen. And then, you 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 know, you just use that and, and continue to move in and move in and move in, and then you set up on the bird. And then what was the next part of the question? I forget, I forget brother. <laughs> That was like, what, what's your go-to thing? Once, once I'm set up on him, <clears throat> there's a couple of different factors that I'm, I'm playing into to the variable scenario, if you will. And that is, do I hear hens with him? And that's always going to be something that's key to what you're doing because I don't like to call a lot to a gobbler on the roost because you've heard this old adage, you call to them a lot on the roost, they sit on the roost. And that's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, that's basic turkey hunting 101. All you're wanting to do when you get tight on him is let him know where you're at. And, and just let him know that there's a hen nearby. And that's going to be basically just some soft bubble clucks and some tree calls. And I'll demonstrate that. We're just going, we're going 100% 101 turkey here right now. And so you're going to bubble cluck and give him some tree calls. And this is on a mouth call. This is on my, um, my uh, Ellis new energy call. From what Haven? And all that is is saying, oh, there's a hen there. She's nearby. She's close to me. Maybe I need to go in her direction and try to get with her and hook up and do the dance, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> so the key, don't ever call him on the roost. A lot of times he'll sit up there and gobble. Now, the only exception to that rule is when you hear hens with him. When you hear hens start answering you back and you're all around that gobbler, then all bets are off. Then at that point, I'm going to probably get a little more aggressive, a little louder and try to sound like the sexiest, hottest hen in the neighborhood. And there, there, I mean, maybe the hens fly down with you, 
and then he follows suit or a lot of times, more times than not when he has them with him, unless they're just wanting to be curious about who the new girl is. They, like we didn't hear her yesterday. Where, where did she come from? They know, they know the flock talk. They know the language. They know the voices. And whenever they hear somebody new, sometimes that curiosity will kill the cat and that'll bring them in the, you know, bring the gobbler and they'll fly down to you. But more times than not, but you, you can't do anything but either set quiet and not say anything and hope they fly down in the gun range, which was a futile effort, in my opinion. Or you try to get the hens going and try to get them to be curious and come over in your direction. So we're, we're talking two different scenarios. He has no hens. Then basically, I'm just going to let the, the sun start breaking. It's getting daylight. It's getting daylight. I don't have my wing here with me to make the simulate the sounds of what I do. I have I carry two turkey wings. I use it for fighting purrs. I use it for fly down cackles. I use it for scratching in the leaves. But as, as it's breaking light and it's getting that hard daylight, that fly down time, then I'm going to give them a fly down cackle. And I'll, I'll demonstrate kind of how I lead into a fly down cackle. Same little tree calls. She gets a little louder, gets a little excited, and she flies down like this. fly down and that just simulates that a hen just flew down and normally i'm going to have that wing with me and i'm going to be slapping that wing on my arm and it, and it gives another sound to, to convince him that that may be a turkey not just vocalizations that gives turkey sounds that are not vocalizations so after that and i've and i've talked to him and let him know that a hen flew down then i don't say a word again no hens no hens roosted around him till his feet hit the ground let let him let him get on the ground because then that, the game doesn't begin until his feet are on the ground. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no point in sitting there and talking to him once he knows you're there. Whether he answers you or not, don't let that discourage you. He may answer you, may gobble and choke himself at that cackle I just did. But ultimately, just let him do what he does and then fly down. And then once he hits the ground, then the game really begins. So there, there was a long version of what I do. You know, that, that was the, the long version of how I handle a bird on the roost or if he's by himself or he has hens. If he's got hens... I might give five fly down cackles. I might try to convince him there's five hens over here and he's got two in the tree with him. So that's what I might do and be a little more aggressive if I've identified that he has hens. But perfect case scenario, you've roosted a bird, you're not hearing hens right around him and you're able to to do the magic that, you know, that, that scenario that just played out for you. So I, I feel like for, for me, and this, this is just, just kind of my personal experience, but every time I get, you know, a, a gobbler on the roost and he has hens, I, I'm like, man, well, that was fun. I'm going to go find another turkey because I'm not going <laughs> to, not going to win this battle. And so there's that old saying, like call, call to the hens, you know, call mm -hmm. the hens. Um, so if you've got that kind of that second scenario, that one that no one wants, uh, mm. how aggressive are you being? Are you waiting for them to fly down? Or are you are you laying the groundwork? Fly down, cackle. I'm making a bunch of noise. I'm bigger than those, you know, two hens that you got. There's six uh, of us over here. That's or a great question. I don't know if it's ever them. been asking that. Like, because usually it's just we can go into this in a few minutes about just calling to a gobbler with hens. But a roost scenario that you're talking about, um, I'm going to definitely give the illusion that there's a couple, three or four hens over there, and um, let the cars fall where they may. I mean, there's not a lot. You can get the hens going on the roost, and they're either going to be the, the passive aggressive or the passive hen or the aggressive hen. Sorry, I got my word, word my verbiage screwed up there. And meaning whether if they're aggressive and you get aggressive on the limb when you're talking to them, they may come down looking for a fight. 
the general rule of thumb is try not to get too nasty with any hen in any situation, whether she's on the ground or on the limb. Just be civil and do some call, some tree talk to her if she's on the limb. If she's on the ground, do some plain yelp. Never engage a hen with aggression right off the bat because if she is that coy, shy hen, they're going to definitely fly down the other direction or they're going to go the other direction if they're on the ground. Always stop, start soft and civil and give that basic, hey, how are you doing? Be very civil. Like It's like you don't want to be at a Circle K with some drunk girls that are fighting over some dude and they've got their Mad Dog 2020 and they're all mad at each other. You don't, nobody wants to get involved in that mess. Nobody wants to get in the middle of that. And it, but if you just be civil and say, Hey, what's up? How are you doing? How's your day going? You know, you may bring them over just because you're being civil and because you're being kind hearted, if you will. And you're not causing a ruckus and you're just being civil. So just never start too aggressive too quick. That's all I'm saying. Be, be civil on the front end of it. And that will pay dividends, whether they're on the limb or they're on the ground. And if they're, if you get them on the ground and, and they start getting aggressive and start cutting at you and getting nasty, then you can step your game up a little bit and you can challenge them. But don't only don't ever challenge them right off the bat. That's something you tuck in your back pocket and wait. And now if they start drifting off and you're being you're just, you know, you're soft, you up into them and you're being very, very civil and kind and having soft, civil conversation. Then at that point, if it doesn't work and they're drifting, then, then no, there's no reason not to challenge them and get aggressive. But never, ever engage them Im- immediately right off the bat with that aggression. Just be, be soft and kind and, and be plutonic and, and have a great conversation. And then if it doesn't work, then you can get aggressive. It's that simple. It's like more turkeys with honey, I guess. Right. Exactly. Yeah, catch more turkeys with honey than with uh, what is vinegar or whatever. <laughs> no, they like to flip manure down in Florida. They flip <laughs> manure and uh, they get the, the grubs underneath the cow pies here in Florida. So that didn't even work. But uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, people don't want to go into a chaotic situation and, and hens don't either, unless they decide they want to be aggressive and get nasty. And if they do that, then you can step up your game basically. So let's, let's go, let's go kind of that. That's that the ideal roost scenario. We've got a young gobbler gobbling his head off on the roost. He knows we're there. He hits the ground. No one else is there. What are you doing next? Are you just, you've already said, Hey, I'm over here. You're mm-hmm. waiting him out. You, maybe he's not, you know, committed, uh, he's, he's putzing around, taking his time. What kind of calling are you doing there in that scenario? Well, uh, initially, I mean, and I, I've got a mouth call in my hand. I ought to just give some demonstrations of what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to, again, start. Here's the thing. You don't want to dump your bag of chips out on the table right off the bat. You know, you want to throw your – if you're playing spades, you don't want to throw that trump card right off the bat too early. So in that situation, what I'm going to do is just – I'm going to still start with the basics, little light clucks and yelps. I mean – Just basic light yelping and little clucks, and then see what, how he reacts. If he just hangs up, he's like you said, he's putzing about. He's not fired up. He's not. He's not getting excited. Then that's when you start stepping your game. Your excitement level game, if you will, is always based on whether. We'll, we'll go back to the hens, but if he is coming to you and that's all it took for him to come to you, then don't do any more. Because if he gets there at sixty-five yards and hangs up on you. Then you can start cutting aggressively. You can cluck and purr. You can fighting purr. You can gobble. You have all. Don't throw all your bag of tricks out on the table. Keep that playbook very thick, okay? And 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 keep all those things in your hip pocket, your back pocket, before you just dump them out there. Now, if he hangs up, like you said, he's putzing around. Is a good good definition of it. He's not he's not coming. Then I'm going to immediately get excited a little bit and try to get his peak his mood, get him you know elicit a better response. 
Then I'm going to throw a couple cuts and a little more of excited y'all, like so. A little bit of cuts, a little more faster rhythm yelp. That's an excited yelp. Then he hammers. Oh, wait a minute. You get his attention. Then maybe he turns. Maybe he starts wandering closer. You only raise your level of excitement and start changing your tactics if the basics doesn't work. So then hopefully that breaks him and he gets his attention. He picks his head up. He gobbles real hard three or four times. Maybe you cut a little bit more at him and then he starts drifting to you. Then I'm going to immediately tone it back down again. I'm going to immediately come off all that excited stuff and then get very, very uh, mundane again and very, very uh, uh, basic again with a very soft civil talk. Because then what you're doing is you're sending him on a roller coaster ride of emotions. That's what kills turkeys, especially with vocalizations. You follow me? You're exploiting his emotions. And when you, you get him fired up, you do that for a couple of minutes and you get him starting to come. And then you just, uh, you know, I'm just, okay. It's like, it's like being at a bar and a guy's had a few drinks. I mean, I'm sorry, guys. This is the realism of it. This is the reality of it. And a girl's talking real sexy to him and he gets all charged up. And then she's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. What is a guy going to do? <laughs> freaks out. He's going to try harder. He freaks out. He's going to try. Well, wait, wait, I thought, I thought this was happening. I thought that you fell in love with me. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I was so ready you get married, him fired dude. up and then you just reel it right back in. And then he, you're playing with his emotions. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You did all that sexy talk and you got me fired up. And now you're going to get all complacent on me again. And we're going to be just sitting back here like you're flirting. You're being shy and coy. You're, you're teasing me, so to speak. And that will definitely exploit his emotions. And you know what? It doesn't work every time. The, the high, low, the roller coaster ride doesn't ever work every time. It doesn't work. It depends on the subspecies. If you're hunting Rios and Miriams, you're probably going to have to stay at that high, excited level to keep him coming because Rios and Miriams have ADD. That's a whole nother. We could go on for days about this stuff, guys. If you're hunting Osceolas and Easterns, it's a little bit different. But I mean, we're going to say we're hunting Easterns and Osceolas. And I mean, if that doesn't work, and then he loses interest really quickly. Guess what? You have to continue that excited level of calling. But you're going to know it. You'll know it. When he stops the forward progression, you change tactics, guys. That's the easiest way that I can explain this on paper. And I don't have a pad here. But you, you, you only change your tactics when he stops moving to you. And that's whether you go to gobble at him, you go to fighting purse, you go to super excited cutting, you go quiet for 10 minutes and don't say anything at all. Every tactic change is based on how much he's starting to move towards you. Is that, is that a pretty good rule of thumb? I don't know if I can explain it any better than that. Uh, that, that yeah. So yeah. I, let's dive, let's dive into that bag of tricks that you're talking about. Cause I want to okay. know, we've talked to some really good Turkey hunters on the show and they are guys like you, man, you just, you just, you've got it kind of figured out, you know, like you, you've got that bag of tricks with a, it seems like a limitless bag and I've got mm -hmm. like a bag of tricks with like two things in it. I'm like, man, this might work. And then change first. Through, I'm like, well, <laughs> you know what? I'm going fishing. So <laughs> let's, let's, if, it don't, it's like that, that movie kill bill. Remember where, the, where they, they talk about like uh, the master has a hundred ways to, to kill a man. To kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I remember that. 99. Give us 99. Keep, keep one in that, in that bag there, Scott. Well, I mean, I alluded to a little yep. bit of that stuff earlier. Um, the forward progression stops. You start thinking my encyclopedia, my computer brain, CPU, whatever you want to call it. Um, what has worked in this scenario before or in the past? Um, where do, what do I got to do next to try to break him? God, I think and and it's not just calling now. I mean, it could be repositioning. 
You know, it could be backing away from him. It could be changing calls to a different hen voice. I mean, there's a million things that you can you can possibly do that's not necessarily just vocalizations. But the big, deep bag of tricks, your big poker chip bag that you're going to, again, fighting purrs, going silent, going very soft and coy and shy, clucking and purring, scratching in the leaves. Um, you can reposition on him, again, which I said is not a vocalization, but it's just a, it's a tactic change. If he's moving away from you, you can get in front of him, cut him off at the pass, never say a word. You have to deer hunt him sometimes. You have to pattern him sometimes. That works. Um, you have to uh, gobble at him. You have to sound like two or three different hens. Like I can run a mouth call and run a pot call at the same time. You can sound like two different hens. You can change the voice of the hen. That can be from a box to a pot to a tube call to a mouth call. Or if you're very versatile on a mouth call, you can actually change the sound of your mouth call to sound like a different hen. So there's like literally eight or nine. I don't have a hundred or 99 different ways, I don't think. But that was literally a dozen different ways that you can do something to start. But it, and again, when you don't, when you start changing tactics like that, you're not going to want to do it like one after another. another. You, you don't, you're not doing this every minute for an hour. You're going to do something like this. You're going to go quiet for a few minutes. You're going to get really aggressive. That didn't work. He still hung up. You're going to quiet for 10 or 15 minutes. That could be very successful because I've killed a ton, a ton of turkeys when he's starting to close and he hangs up to shut up. Curiosity kills a cat, man. He's like, where is this sexy woman that I've heard for the last 20 minutes? And now she's gone and he's going to break and he's going to come looking. Okay. Um, then you're going to go to what well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get redundant here. Fighting purrs. I don't know if I mentioned you're going to stage a fight. Then I get my two wings out and I'm going to be slapping the wings together and simulating fighting purrs to make him think the two gobblers slid in his back door. They're hooking up with the hen and then they're slapping the, you know, they're, they're doing the fight. They're fighting purring. They're whining. They're doing that. You're going to change the, all these things, you, you, but you don't want them to, you don't want to just rattle them off a minute in between. Give each tactic a little bit of time to work. Give it, give, give it 10, 15 minutes of excited calling, give it 10, 15 minutes of soft calling, give, give it 10 minutes break and go into a fight. Give, you just, you can't run all together. It's just like it's almost, it's lost in translation. If you just run all these cool tactics that I'm speaking of into in a row, then it's, it's, you're, you're defeating the purpose. It's not going to work. You got to let him think about it. Let him stew on it. That's what I like. The word I like to use is letting stew on it for a little while. Where did she go? Why did she get quiet? Why is she getting soft and coy now? Wait, she left. I hear another hand over there. There's a different voice. There's a different hand. Oh, wait, I hear Jake yelps. There's another one I've missed. I've left out. There's a Jake over there yelping right beside where my hen was that I heard that was so sexy. The Jake slipped in the back door and I have a juvenile little, a little boy over there trying to hook up with my lady. So there's Jake yelping is another huge thing that's been very successful for me. So just use the different tricks that we're talking about and I'm speaking about. Put a little bit of time dis time gap in between each one of them before you try the new tactic or the next tactic. Okay, Scott. So I'm all of our listeners know. I think that I'm the novice in the turkey hunting world. Paul's the one that just obsesses over it all year long. But I was out last year for one of the I don't know, it was the second or third time really that I've been out. And one of the things I came across was heard him gobbling, heard him gobbling, came down, and then they just go quiet. And I've heard other people talk about this about how they just you know, you'll have a lot of chatter, a lot of chatter, and then they, they go quiet. Mm -hmm. And it's one of these things where you're just supposed to sit and wait. But mm -hmm. then it's always like, how long do you wait? And then the second you stand up, they're like right behind you. How do you handle a situation like that? Well, generally when that happens, and it happened Sunday morning, guys, 
I can totally relate and, and expound upon this exact scenario two days ago with my kid in the South Zone. Got on a bird, gobbling good off the roost, uh, started tree talking to him. Guess what? Hands between us and the gobbler. Flew down, had him coming to us on a string. Hens are in the, still in the tree. He's on the ground. The hens are still in the roost, tree talking. They're answering. We're, we're talking back and forth. And um, they flew down between us and the gobbler, and then game over. He shut down. He never gobbled again. Once they, they cackled, just like I did earlier on the, on the cast, and they hit the ground, and you never heard another sound. Gobbler never said another word. So in that situation, it, it's – there's a couple different scenarios and a couple of different options that you can do. And, and one of them is just to go find another turkey. <laughs> I mean, honestly, when you identify that they, the hens flew with him and then he shuts up, he, he has got his girls. He is probably not going to be very callable. The only thing you're left to do there is to try to get the hens talking, maybe lure the hens over to see who, again, who's the new girl, who's this new girl, which starts again. We're going to reiterate all this civil conversation. Don't get nasty with the hens. Just try to talk to them. And uh, more times than not, that, I mean, this is early season. Even for us, this, this is early season. It's February. You know, Jake killed his bird on February 26th, 25th, whatever Sunday was. So, I mean, they're just starting to get into those flocks. They're broke up from the fall. Now the gobblers are getting with the hens, and they are in full swing. It's ready to get on like Donkey Kong, like they're ready to start breeding. So when that happens, a lot of times, and, he get, and maybe he doesn't have hens, and you don't hear hens like we heard hens with that particular scenario. Um, he's hitting the ground and you may not hear the hens, but there's a very good chance he had hens. I mean, there's not any other reason for him to hit the ground to shut up completely and not trying to be lure other hens. If he doesn't have his harem right there around him and with him. And the only thing you can do in that situation is a, try to get the hens talking, which works 20% of the time. And B is to set for a little while after the roost, after fly down time after they get off the roost and sit for a little while and give them a little bit of time to work and because sometimes he'll breed the hens or the hens are depending on which phase of the season how early it is in the season usually the later the season they do that the better it is because the hens may fly down and just leave him and then he fires right back up because he realizes he has no luck he's not going to get any action if you will <laughs> so if it's later in the season they do that i'd hang with them a little bit more if it's early in the season when it's early in the season, I'm telling you the best bet you probably to do is to just give up on that turkey and go find one that's vocal and one that's looking actively looking for hens that has not gathered a harem of hens. I mean, I'm just saying when they do that, and especially if they gobble good on the roost, go find another turkey. So, if it's a little later in the season, wait it out a little bit longer because they may he may be with those hens for a brief time off the ground, and then they may go they may be going to sit or they may be going to lay. One of the two. And once that happens, he's going to go start gobbling again and try to find some other action. So I'm trying to find some other girlfriends. Yeah, you kind of covered there on the end. But in Ohio, our season, I mean, obviously climate's different than, than down south. But we right. start, what, I think April 23rd is our opening day. So we still have almost two months before before right. we get out there. Um, so I think it's going to be more on the backside of the, the breeding season up here. Yeah, it depends on how the DNR times y'all season. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not real versed on Ohio. I mean, I've, I've hunted a bunch of states around there, up in the you know north central part of the U.S. I have not killed a bird in Ohio yet. We may have to fix that. I think I've got 26 states knocked out. Yeah, you, you come. Not you're Ohio. welcome anytime. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much, man. Uh, our, um, our season starts after a majority of the breeding has estimated to been 
Is that what they need arch? Well, then if that's the case, then I mean that that's where I might would sit a little bit longer with them and just see if if they drift and they go to set or they go to lay. And then if that happens, a lot of times they'll fire up within you know, maybe 30, 45 minutes after daylight. I've had them just start firing up, start gobbling again because they realize they're not getting bred. There's not going to be any breeding and they got to go find and they may have member hearing. They may remember hearing you and they may get fired up again and come looking for you. So there's it's, it's all a, a lot of it has to do with a lot of the questions that are asked in these type of podcasts and these scenarios is, is a lot of it's based on hunting pressure and time of the season. And they, those two go hand in hand. Depend, I mean, I, I hunt, hunt leases, I hunt public ground, I hunt some private land, I hunt a little bit of everything, but ultimately it, it, uh, it, it goes down to how much are they pressured and what time of the year it is in the season. It's a key factor to identify a lot of the, the changes in the scenarios and, and the tactics, if you will. There's so much that goes into every turkey hunt, like you just said. I mean, you just rambled off five factors uh, that are broad topic, ta- you know, factors. And even individual hunts, you know, there could be 10 different things that are that are going after you at once. So you've got this this app that I really like, Turkey Tech. And on your your sequences section, your scenarios, you've got one that, I, that I'd like to talk about. And it's uh, determining calling sequences or you're, you're, you're calling based on distance of the gobbler. So just kind of explain that, that process close. The distance is a very key factor. Um, and and it's pretty simplistic. Uh, the further he is, the more aggressive and louder I'll be. If you strike one at a hundred yards, you better sit down in a good setup position real fast and then make some magic happen. And I never get really loud and really aggressive when you're that close to one. If I've struck a bird 200 yards away, now generally you want to get closer to them. That's the general rule of thumb. You're trying to get closer to them. But if it doesn't, a train doesn't allow it, if the situation doesn't allow it, if if you're just trying to get him charged up as you're maybe moving into position to him a little bit closer, at that point, then I'm going to get louder, more aggressive. And then I may shut the turkey calling down and I'll go to locators. If, they, if he's very far, if he's two, three, 400 yards and I strike him, then I'm going to possibly go to locators once I, because a lot of times they won't, they won't strike out on a crow call 300 yards away, but if you cut real hard, they'll gobble. So once you get them to gobble, go to locators and then you can move into position and get where you want to be. If you're in a position where you can't close in the distance because they're on the edge of a field, the terrain doesn't allow it. Then I'm going to begin, I'm going to stay aggressive and stay loud. And, and as they close, it's a real simple rule of thumb guys, Paul, Andrew, as they start closing down, quit yelling at them. As they get closer and closer, don't overcall them. Don't blow your pot call. You can get loud on a pot call. You can get crank on a box call. You can crank on a mouth call. But as they start to close the distance, start start reeling that call, the tone of the calling and the volume of the calling down a little bit. But the further they are away, the louder and the more aggressive I'll call. When I get their attention and get them coming, then I start toning it back. And that's 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 pretty simplistic. It's easy rule of thumb to follow. Yeah. When you start when you start toning it back, are you going? Are you purring? Are you, you know, soft? No, 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 not necessarily. Just- I'm not going to all the fancy stuff. I'm just going to be not as loudly yelping and, and hard and cutting as aggressively and hard. I'm just going to basic reel it back to plain yelping and some clucking as he's closing. He's closing. Remember, don't dump all those bag of chips on that table real quick. Don't throw your trump card out there too quick. Just keep him coming with the basic stuff. You just don't have to do it as loud or aggressively as he starts to cut, cut the distance to you. So when you do throw that bag of tricks out and you get that that sweet sweet dirty turkey talk going, wh- what scenario are you looking for, man? Is that the gobbler that's just seventy yards? He's gobbling every once in a while. He's committed to you. He's just eh, he's a little weary, a little trigger shy. Don't want to pull the trigger to come in and dance. Is that when you start getting real fancy and pretty with him? 
Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I mean, there's a generally whenever you you call one from a long distance and it's taken aggressive talk to get him that close, you're you're not going to continue to be aggressive to him. And that's, I mean, here I'll give you some love. I'll give you some what I called the sweet love. I coined the phrase a long time ago. <laughs> but when he's hanging up out there. And, and, you know, you brought him in from 300 yards, and now he's 75, 80, and he's just not want to cut the distance that last little bit. Now, mind you, disclaimer, shut up, go quiet for 15, 20 minutes. If you can do it and you've got the, the ability and the, and the willpower to do it, it is deadly. But the other thing is, and this can be on a pot call, this can be on a mouth call, whatever you're most proficient at being soft and quiet. And I'll, I'll demonstrate what I like to do when they when they they come hard and then they shut up or not shut up but they come hard and they 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 halt their their forward progression if you will. I'm going to do the soft the soft sexy sexy stuff. And that's the stuff you do when you're scratching in the leaves. If you can scratch in the leaves, that's 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 deadly, 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 especially on public land birds. <laughs> so I have to tell our listeners who can't see this, but like I can see Scott's face. It's almost like this, like, hey, what's up? What's up, big boy? Like, come on, come on. And he's making these like, like, hey, come on. Under come my on head here. net. These, these, yeah, these exactly. Yeah, under the head net. I'm throwing those looks at him, you know. Wink and give a little left eye wink at him. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's good. So let's. Uh, I want to. I want to kind of finish this on um, just some some instructional calling. And sure. I'm not going to do it because oh. I'm going to throw up all over my floor uh, in my office if I try to use a mouth call. But Turkey Davis. Andrew Mutz has got a, a mouth call over there that he's been trying to work. He's asking. He's always asking me questions. Like I don't know, man. Like you <laughs> YouTube it. Yeah, you've got that gag reflex going on, Paul. There, there's the man. There's just not. There's not a solution. There's not a anything to not. rectify that situation, dude. I, I have tube calls. The only thing I would tell you to do is go to a tube call. Man. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I love the, I love the tube call. And you know, I gave up. I, I shouldn't say I gave up on the mouth call because, damn it, Scott, I buy a new mouth call every year. I'm like, this is the one. This is the year. And I buy it, and yeah. two seconds after, I'm just like, Whoa. yeah, water. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so, you can't you can't counter that. There's no remedy for that. No, I mean, I there's just down. some people it. just. The only thing you can do is run that call really, really forward in your palate. And I've known people to do it, and don't get it anywhere near the back of your throat. And I've seen people that can manage to get sounds out of them, but it's to the point like my body is so conditioned, like it, like my eyes will see me getting like the mouth call. Oh gosh! Like oh god, I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> so I gave up on it. There's no, 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 no remedy for that. So, Scott, so Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the one that's, I, I, I don't remember. I can put this, uh, careful how I say this, but I, I don't have a problem putting this in, in there. Uh, <laughs> but the, uh, I follow you. I don't, I don't either. I follow you. So, <laughs> Doesn't bother me either. So, uh, no, we're going to name the episode that <laughs> deep throating mouth calls. Yeah. There you go. Uh, the, oh, there you go. We're not going to. The, Keep going. So I part of my job is I drive around all day, and um, I can throw this thing in and start making noises, and but but I struggle with I don't know if I'm making the right noise, right? And I can pretend like I'm clucking or yelping or whatever, but and it sounds good to me as I drive around in the truck by myself. How how does somebody that's really I mean, 
Yes, the per the best thing I think would be to go sit out in the woods and try to talk to them, but we obviously can't just do that all the time. Is there right. anything that you suggest on that side of things? Well, absolutely. I mean, I have the app that Paul was talking about, Turkey Tech, and that is a very di- a deep dive into all of the vernacular of a wild turkey, clucking and purring and fighting purring and gobbler yelping and yelping and cutting and kiki runs, and it, it's literally almost the 12 base, the 12 most commonly used sounds from a wild turkey. And it's got audio of wild turkeys doing it. It's got me doing it on a mouth call and a pot call and a box call. And you can actually record yourself on the app using your phone mic. It will record that you, and you can loop it in with the actual turkeys or, or me more importantly, the turkeys. And you can compare your, your, your rhythm, your cadence, your tone to the sounds of the turkeys or, or me, if, if you know, if that's your choice. And, um, it's a great tool. Uh, I've got two DVDs out at scottellishunting.com. It's called Mouth Call Magic 1 and, one and 2. And i uh, been selling them for about a decade now, and I've sold a bunch of them. And it's, I, I, I think I – don't, I don't know that I've ever got a bad review for it. I mean, it's just really dives a little deeper into controlling the call, what the sound is, identifying the sound. And that app, that app breaks it down very comprehensively about the Yelp as a basic communication call – it's the most widely used call in the spring and the fall. There, there's a there's a description of the call and when it's used most commonly and what it's used for. Um, plucking and purring is a feeding to contentment type call. Cutting is a call that it that elicits excitement. It's conveying excitement or um, attention grabbing or or uh, aggravation or anger. You know, there's there's it breaks it all down. The, the app and my DVDs break it down very very um, definitively. And uh, it helps the average guy go, okay, this is the sound that I need to do to do this. And the app actually has three or four hunts on it. And and my second DVD, Malcolm Magic 2, has a Grand Slam. It's got me killing the Grand Slam. And it shows the hunt and how the what calling was required. So it gives some tips. Both of them give tips and tactics on when to use the call. The, the basic rule of thumb is clucking and yelping will kill turkeys forever and ever. And it has been for 100 years from the Indians how long ago were the Indians using wing bone calls a hundred years, 150 years ago, whatever it was, the native Americans were the first to use a wing bone call and um, a suction type device. And the Yelp, the Yelp is going to kill more turkeys when nothing else will. The Yelp is the most successful. If you master the Yelp and then master the, the cluck would be secondary. Everything else is, is fluff and icing, but that's that bag of tricks, that thick playbook that you can try to use as you master these calls. And you learn when the proper application is to use the call cutting is to get him excited because he's not so excited to you cut at him and you try to get him excited clucking and purring is a contentment call you're trying to play coy and shy with him all this is in the app and the dvds actually and, and it breaks it down on how to produce the calls and everything months throw yelp out real quick andrew i'm, a, I'm gonna try oh, all right get it go. son get it No, what am I doing wrong? There's too much rasp. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of rasp, but your rhythm is just off. That's the thing you got to study. And you can do this on YouTube. I I have old instructionals on YouTube that don't even require Turkey Tech or Mouth Call Magic 1 and 2. You were just kind of making noises. Remember, there's a very distinctive rhythm. The rasp doesn't matter. The tone isn't necessarily as important as the rhythm. You were just kind of going... There was no, there was no distinction to what you were doing. 
remember a Yelp is, is uh, a one single note in, in a, in a series. So you, when you Yelp, just remember, slow it down and make a very distinctive, very deliberate pattern, yelping a, a rhythmic pattern. That's all you got to do. Like you don't do all that chirping. If you're going to cut and then Yelp, then you have to produce those popping notes and then drag the note out to create the Yelp like so. You hear how distinct the sounds were, the slower rhythm yelp, the dragging note, and the cuts were the very sharp popping notes. And that's the biggest thing. I mean, that 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 rasp, that tone was fine. That'll kill turkeys all day, but just you gotta put it into a very distinctive rhythm. And that's where I just what I just heard you do was it was just all wasn't the tone that bad. Okay. I yep. if you if you get my app, if you if you spend five minutes on my app or my old YouTube channel with with HuntQuest. And my instructionals, you'll have this figured out in in minutes, literally. Don't worry. I've already written it down. And the second we hang out, I'm going right I'm to good. Turkey Tech. I'm telling you, it's not <laughs> rocket science. It's yeah. you don't you don't have to be musical at all. <laughs> Perfect. You have to be able to count. One, two, three, four, five, six. Just be able to count and you can get that rhythm in your head. Yeah. Let's uh I, I want to talk about the owl. The owl hooting, just real quick, and that's okay. that is your that's your specialty. Um, well, it's not my specialty, really. Turkey, I don't. <laughs> I appreciate that, but I would like to think that killing turkeys is not owls is my specialty. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there's that. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair enough. You're you're good yeah. at all of it. So what the well, hell? I appreciate it. Um, so that eight note, that's the that's the common who cooks for you, who cooks for you. Um, Mm-hmm. That that little roll at the end, and everyone just has like rolling their 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 tongue. Is that kind of like like a feeder call on a on a duck call? No. Okay. So no, it's like that, uh, it's never, like rolling your R's and like if you say Rico. F in Spanish <laughs> like, in high school. In Spanish, yeah. I mean, uh, I like. I mean, I can do it on. I can do it on my alcohol. <laughs> That's an alcohol. This is my ninja owl. I mean, I can I can run a duck call. But that's a feed chuckle. You're rolling. Or if you can gargle, I can't gargle correctly. They go, I can do it with a crow call, but I can't do it with an owl call. So I have to roll my roll it. So I go, and that's my tongue. It's just blowing a lot. You lay your tongue very limp and then just let it relax and then blow air across it. It's like if you sit down in your chair after a long day at work and you had a drink. You go, but just close your mouth and then blow air across your tongue with it relaxed. And that's how you get that. Get it to roll. Some people can gargle. I cannot. I can do it again with I can. So I can do it blowing pressure, but I can't get it to slow down like I can my tongue. Some people are gifted to do it with their throat and their and their tongue. I am not. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to flutter my tongue because that's how I purr. And that's how I. That's how I do the roll on alcohol. So, yep. You make it sound so easy. And I, I've been trying that damn tongue roll for a decade and I still can't. You can't get it? I, I just, I think like instinctively, like I think of like feeder call. And it's just, it, it's not the, it's not the same. No, no, no. Think, feeder call is a, is a manual, you know, it's a manual yeah. um, function. You're, well, it's the same way that you gobble. I'm, I'm going to get my tube call out that I did earlier. 
it's the same. The feed call is all you do on a two call. You hear it. I mean, you can hear it. I can do it with a two call, but with a turkey, it's. And I put voice in there. And it's just it's the same thing, but with the flutter of your tongue. You hear what I'm doing? You can fighting prone a tube call. A tube call doesn't really do a soft fur very well, but you can fighting prone it. But it's it's the feed calls manual. The roll of the tongue is something that's created by air pressure and back pressure. It's 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 um what's the word I'm looking for? Not deliberate, if if that makes sense. You just oh. you're you're using the the relaxed part of your tongue and then putting air across it. It's like um oh god i'm having a horrible time thinking of an analogy about how you make something vibrate like um you know what i'm trying to say i'm at a loss for words i'm sounding stupid on a podcast right so forgive me hey man <laughs> if, we it's, do it's that every that week blow air across of and it, and it just happens because of the vibration okay it's almost like purring on a pot call does that make sense yeah when you purr on a pot call you're putting pressure and you're and you're dragging it well that one's not i got oil all over the thing there we go. See, there's pressure, and then you're pulling. That's that's something that's created. And and when you're doing the roll, it's simply just vibration of air across a relaxed tongue. I, I don't know how to explain any better than that, guys. My apologies. No, don't apologize. We're taking it all <laughs> over. Someone out there listening to this podcast and be like, son of a bitch, I know exactly what he's talking about. I got it. it. I've got it. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be totally worth it. So when it comes to the mouth call stuff, I'm not your guy. So right, right. Good stuff. Scott, what do you got planned for this year, man? What's your turkey season look like? Oh, gosh, man. Life changes have uh, affected things a lot different. New job, less vacation, unfortunately. You know, I uh, – I, uh, don't chase them every day of the season like people might be thinking that I do. I, I work a regular job, and every trip I take is basically a vacation day or two with a weekend and traveling, jumping on an airplane. And it's not this travel the country uh, hunt every day of the week. So it's a different game for me. You know, I don't, I don't live it. I don't live this world for. Unfortunately, it's not my full time gig, as I'm trying to say. And so. That said, new job, life changes, single man now. Um, a lot of things have changed. Uh, I'm going to Missouri. I'm taking my son to Nebraska. We're going to have a bunch of hybrids down in southwest Nebraska. I'm looking forward to that. we got three tags we can punch there. Um, obviously going to be hunting Osceola's next – This you know, day after tomorrow I'll be in the woods hunting Osceola's. Um, the next weekend is a youth hunt. I've got uh, – I'm either going to be back in the south zone or I've got a potential youth that I'm going to take out on some property here in central Florida for the regular youth hunt opener. Um, if that falls through, I will be back down in the South zone for the third weekend, actually hunting where I'm going this weekend. Um, then the opener, I'm going to be guiding here in Florida where I guided last year. A lot of the shows on hunt quest this season were for me guiding for two weeks down up and S and outfitters. And I got a lot of guys on Osceola is their very first Osceola Turkey and it was a lot of fun. And, um, after that, I think Georgia, um, South Carolina is not in the picture. Missouri, Missouri, mid-April, I'm going to Missouri. And I don't know after that. I mean, I think I'm going to do some kamikaze trips to Georgia because it's close. And um, I can leave after work and hunt all day Saturday and half a day Sunday. And I've got a license that I bought during deer season that was $380. So, yeah, 
it's a no brainer to fill up the gas tank. I can get all the way up there on a half gas tank or half a tank of gas and, uh, and hunt. And yeah, I think but nowadays three that, tags. it might cost you more than $380 to get, uh, fill that gas tank the way things are heading there. So, yeah, that's a, we, let's not get into <laughs> that, politics. Andrew. Oh sorry, my okay, God. I'm, so I, I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. I hope, I mean, it might be as cheap to fly anywhere. Right. Well, yeah. the vacation time still is, is very rationed if you will. So I'm not going to be able to just, no, I used to have three weeks of vacation, and and, I, and that would give me about twelve days to to put in conjunction with weekend hunts, and that would definitely allow me to, you know, do six, eight different states and four day hunts, and that's just not going to be in the cards this year. So I'll, I'll, but I've got you know I've got four states, Florida, and three or four other states, and and you know in the queue if you will, and then we'll see what else happens. Memorial Day weekend is a three day weekend in May, late May. I might jump on a plane and run to New York up north maine you know there's a lot of places up there that that i might be able to use one day of vacation to make a four-day weekend I, i've got to get i want to get vermont and maine knocked out and i've had some connect i've got some connections up there so i've wanted to kill easterns up there for a long time and that's not come to fruition just yet but i'm hoping that happens soon so might my better might better be pull some rabbits out of my hat if you will good what's uh so you got the new ninja ninja owl out at woodhaven that thing's awesome. I didn't need it. Bought it anyway. Glad I did. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I've got four owl calls. Like <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that's. You're infatuated with owls, Paul. I you guess. love that. I, 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 I am too. Paul, yeah, you got to tell them how you mess with the kids on the school bus. Oh yeah, like when I I, I I work at home and these these kids get off the bus and I like duck call at them and they'll stop and they'll look around and like what the hell's that and i'll out hoot at him and it's just funny because i can get him to stop and one of these days one of these kids is going to get smart and just gobble at me out hoot <laughs> and then you got a friend for life <laughs> funny. so what else yeah. coming down the pipeline at woodhaven anything coming out uh new um well no not not this year we've got the fusion which is uh our acrylic pot that's wrapped in bottom land hydro dipped in the bottom land it's the first acrylic pot that we've ever had it's aluminum anodized aluminum surface i ran it actually i was just plucking front on it a minute ago um and uh it's not waterproof but it's weatherproof we'll call it um you, you don't want to run it in your swimming pool but it would be the less affected by humidity and dampness or a drizzle than like a wooden pot call which basically everything we've ever came out with has been wooden so we've stepped up the game. Yep, that, the wood one. Yeah, yeah. The wood, the wood affects you, the, the moisture. This thing is done. So what's that? I said if when it's too humid out late season. Oh yeah, and, that, and that's any wood pot call, any brand, any company. Yeah, and that's why I don't rely on pot calls and I rely on mouth calls because it's already wet. You know what I mean? But it is what it. But the fusion, this thing here, is, is sexy. Yeah, anodized aluminum, and, and it's got slick spots. I guess I touched it with oil. I was. I was eating a steak earlier. I think I got some grease on it. <laughs> it was trying not to grab earlier when I was collecting a perm. But no, um, that's out. Um, we have the Pure Turkey 3-pack, which is the um, the Stoltz call, the Scroggins call, and the Sullivan call. It's a nice 3-pack that's going to be out in Cabela's and Bass Pros, I believe. It's the uh, Hammer Tooth, the Hammer um, – oh, gosh. I'm not a very good advocate of the company I represent. The Hammer Tooth. The hammer T and the modified cutter. There you go. And it's the Stolt, Sullivan, and Scroggins call. And uh, that's the three mouth calls. We launched them at the convention last year, and now they're released for full production, and they're, they're great calls. I, I got a demo. 
if you go to the Woodhaven page or go to the Woodhaven YouTube channel, you can see me demo those calls. They're fantastic. Very versatile. Very each call in the pack is a different hen, and that's that's what we do with these Woodhaven three packs. For the average guy, he can change calls up and sound like a completely different hen and not manipulate. I mean, I can make one call sound like five, six different hens, but you know, the average guy can't, but he can change calls and put a different one, a different cut in, and he can definitely sound like a different turkey. And that's, that's paid dividends numerous times to me over the years, just sounding like a different hen, changing the voice is what I call it, changing the voice. And um, so the Ninja Owl, the Fusion, and then the uh, Pure Turkey 3-Pack, and I think, well, we launched the next level ninjas at the convention, but those won't be out till 2022. So we'll talk about those next year. If you guys, if I'm fortunate enough to get on the podcast with you guys next year, we'll talk about the uh, next level ninjas. We sold 503 packs and you get a t-shirt and that was at the convention and now they're gone. So there's 500 people across the country that'll use them and you know celebrate them and hopefully have some success with them. Paul, so that, you, so Paul, you got me out. one of those at the Great. convention, right? No. What? No. You weren't one of those 500? No, uh-uh. you I left, bought one of the Woodhaven three packs. You left me for seven days stuff. to go to Nashville, and you didn't come back with one of those. No. Wow, that was a free limited edition T-shirt too. Like there was only <laughs> I saw we it, run yeah. a T-shirt with the, the new three packs that come out every year. We run a T-shirt, and heck, I don't even have the T-shirts. I feel I feel neglected, but yeah, they're really it's like a really cool blue. It's it's a blue and gray theme, and the shirt's white with a blue ninja on the back. It's really tough yeah, they were sharp looking. I, yeah, I yeah, saw it was. I, I bought that Woodhaven three pack. I wanted to sound like uh, three different turkeys, and my, my gag sounded different on each one. So. Oh wow, yeah, you're, you're we're stuck like Chuck with that. We're gonna have to talk Paul offline about how to try to fix that because I don't. There's just not a solution for that, dude. There's not a surgery. Oh, there's not, there's no up. pill. There's no quick fix for that, brother. <laughs> not at all, Scott. Yeah. We appreciate you, man. I I hope you come back on next year or, or later Anytime, this year. Tell us tell us how your season went. But man, I I've, I've really enjoyed this. I thank you, sir. Hopefully, we've covered some good topics and we've uh, enlightened the listeners a little bit. And I haven't rambled too terribly much. But anytime, I'd love to be back. Thanks, guys, for having me. Appreciate you. Appreciate it, man. Good, good luck, Thanks, this Scott. Time. Let us know how it goes. Take care.